Hello, I'm Dan. I'm Simon. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article each week and we talk about what we find. Simon, what are we talking about this week? This week, Daniel, we're talking about Balesa de la Guareña, which is a municipality located in the province of Zamora, Castile and León in Spain. Lovely. I feel like... Pixel Girl has probably already got her phone out as she listens to this episode and is calling me about how terrible my pronunciation was there. But I yeah. gave it a go. God damn it! Um, nice. You- have you have you been near there? Have you been to this this region of Spain before? So Zamora. Uh, no, the only places that I've been to... Actually, I think the only place I've been to in mainland Spain is Madrid. I don't think I've been anywhere... Oh, no, no, I've been in the very far north. I've been in the Pyrenees. Because I've been to the Balearic Islands. I've been to Ibiza and Mallorca. I went to Ibiza when I was a kid. I don't think my parents knew that it was such a party island. Uh, so I did that. And then, uh, yeah, I've been to Madrid to see Pixel Girl. Uh, but I, I haven't been to Spain very much. I think I think we're going to go more in the future. Let's put it like that. <laughs> Got to... I've been to Madrid and Barcelona and briefly to San Sebastian. Where's that? That's in like the top right, the the very bottom left corner of France. So the the Pyrenees the kind of region. Yeah, yeah it's near um, Bilbao. Okay, great. I actually had a I had an email from a, a, a follower yesterday uh, saying it was quite funny. They were like they were they were thinking of starting a podcast and asking for some advice. And I was like, well, you came to the right person. We regularly make podcast episodes. Um, mm. And they'd said that I, I'm from Barcelona and then Spain crossed out and Catalonia. And I was like, oh, oh, wow. that's a bit of spice <laughs> in there. But I, I like Crunchy. it. I, I, I like they had a great idea for a podcast. So I won't spoil it, but I thought it was a very, very good PhD related idea. I went to I went to Barcelona entirely on a whim. Really? Uh, in my yeah. So in my the, 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 the because the way the academic year fell moving from Australia to the UK to come to uni, um, I ended up with like eight months of like free time before uni the academic year started because I graduated in November 2014 and then wouldn't come to uni until September 2015 um so I had all this time and a friend I I worked for most of that time but then I decided to go traveling on a gut PR um with a um with a friend of mine and uh one of our stops was Toulouse in in France which was really lovely Mm. um but areas of it were lovely. There are other areas where we felt we were going to be stabbed. Um, but such is such is life. Um, and we uh, we were getting um, very stressed and just and and just a little bit fed up with Toulouse. So we were sitting in this very small, seedy French kind of bar in Toulouse. Uh, it was about one o'clock in the morning. We were sitting on our phones with a big stein of beer, um, and and just went, "Oh, I'm sick of this." Should we, should we go somewhere else? And we literally put in cheap bus journeys from Toulouse. <laughs> and the, there was a, at six in the morning, so in, in like five hours time, there was a bus from Toulouse to Barcelona. We just went, let's just go. <laughs> so we went, we, we went back to the hostel, packed our bags, um, walked immediately to the, um, to the bus stop. So I don't know if you might be able to hear my windows singing there. It's yeah, quite it's, windy down it the next to it. It's pissing it down outside. Hopefully the rain doesn't yeah. come through on this end either. But yeah, it's a bit horrible. No, I haven't got too much rain, but it's it's damn windy. So I apologise if you hear some kind of Valkyrie like shrieking. A... It's just my window. But the bus journey from Toulouse to Barcelona takes, it was like five hours or six hours, something mad. Mm. So we just said, well, we'll get to the station in Toulouse, um, wait for the bus, get on the bus and then start sleeping. Um, and it went really well. 
We've stayed there and then we were meant to go to Madrid, but we didn't for numerous reasons. But there we go. Brief aside, Barcelona, quite a nice place. I've got to say, it's somewhere that Pixel Girl went when she was younger with her friends and I think she'd be quite keen for us to go back. Um, hmm. So I'd love to go. I, it, it certainly looks nice and I probably should learn a little bit more about Spanish before I go because if if I get stranded and separated from Pixel Girl, I am so screwed. Um, yeah. Actually, to be fair, I imagine mo- it's such a touristy place. I'd probably be fine. Anyway, do you remember yeah. how we were supposed to do this podcast about Wikipedia articles? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. of course. It's been a while, guys. I, I didn't want to do the classic thing that every podcast does where they start off with going, well, very sorry. since It's been so long since the last episode, guys. We've just been so busy, which is true. But I feel like every podcast does that. That isn't like an official yeah. show. So yeah. I've now done that, of course, by mentioning it. But there we go. That's It goes without saying, I think, if there, if there isn't an episode, you can pretty much guarantee that Simon and I haven't found a time in the week. Yeah. Which is... But hey, we're here now. Yes, we're here. we are here now. And we're talking about Baleza de la Guarena, um, which is... Yeah, so it's in... Uh, basically, imagine a line coming from the top of Portugal, going east into Spain. And this place is just a little bit into Spain from there. Um, it There is a panoramic view that is included uh, in, the article, <laughs> in the article. Uh, it is... It's not exactly a bustling metropolis, Dan. This, uh, according to the 2015 census, the, munici- the municipality has a population of 106 inhabitants. Oh my God. And I'm looking at this pi- this panoramic picture, which is, I'd like to point out, about 40% sand dune uh, and 20% sky. And in the narrow little band, I can see... Well, it looks like that's too many houses for 106 people. Um, I presume somebody had some family visiting or something. Someone's extended family came in, so they like massively increased the population. Um, now there isn't very much on here. Um, I can tell you that it is the transportation is on the CL six hundred five and the ZAL two one one zero. Apparently, that's a page that doesn't exist on Wikipedia. Um, and there are two main sites. There are two main sites in Baleza de la Guarena. Uh, there is the Church of San Juan Batista, uh, my favourite actor in Guardians of the Galaxy, and Absolutely. the Mudejar Church of San Andres in Olmo de la Guarena from the 13th century, recently protected as being on the Heritage Register in Spain. Wow. So, that's for, oh, so, oh, I see. That's interesting, right? So, so the church—it's a church of San Andres, but the Mudeja uh, refers to the architectural style that was influenced by uh, the Moors. So it's very um, Islamic. My influence. family, yes, your family. Uh, you know, yeah. if I actually look, go on the article for Mudejar, it's going to have your face. Yeah, there it is. Your face is just all over the ceiling of this place. Is it my face slowly morphing into a light bulb? Slowly morphing. Um, although go. I'd like to point out that you're I don't know if you've been on the Discord recently because the, the, the Discord has been revamped and there's been a, a lot it? of stuff that's been going on and so uh, I think it was Adam uh, reposted the picture of you as Dan the Stable Boy if you if you remember that oh god yeah so wow. that that was a that was, that was a sight for sore eyes it was uh, I was I my life was improved by being reminded that that was a thing as a brief aside again I hate to kind of keep jumping in with all these breaking the fourth wall and kind of meta comments mm. I'm 99% sure by the end of this podcast my fence will have blown down <laughs> is it that bad 
It's absolutely ridiculous. It's wait. It's I'm actually slightly concerned. I'm going to just go on earth.nullschool.net a second. This is my favorite website where I can see wind speeds. I was actually because of the bot that I built, Planet Snaps. I could see that there was a big like cyclone that was heading towards the UK. Um, but I can also have a look at what the wind speed is in different parts of the UK, and it is currently about 56 kilometers per hour uh, in in Exeter. So yeah, it's it's it is, is that the gust as well? No, that's the mean. Or wind is that speed, like I think? Yeah, because these gusts are strong. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I actually yeah, because I remember I was back home over um, uh, the weekend, uh, which we'll get to in a second, I'm sure. Uh, and d- Dad was amazed at the forecast because obviously being in the navy, he as an officer, he was like very interested in the forecast at any given time. So he kind of like got this internal database of how much is a lot of wind and you know mm. how much is a lot of gusting. And uh, yeah, like he was he was quite surprised at how how strong it was. Um, yeah, forty nine knots is what the BBC's showing. So that's that's quite something. That's that's mm. that's a lot. <laughs> I actually went for a run um, yesterday, and I was being battered around by the wind. Um, yeah, it makes when you're as big as I am, like tall, it does. It's quite. You'd find it not quite so bad, but I'm like a sail because I'm quite. Yeah, I'm yeah. quite tall and broad, so I'm just. Gonna... You suddenly do a Mary Poppins and then fly off somewhere. Do you ever think about what happened to those nannies in Mary Poppins? Do you remember how like all the nannies at the start when they they the, the Banks family opens up like uh, there's, oh, yeah. there's a thing we're and looking for nannies. They, they all died presumably yeah like all these little old ladies just turning end over end as they're blown through the streets of London no way did they I think survive. it's an ex- it's an extended metaphor for cov- current government policy on winter fuel allowance oh here we go and they, someone's they been taking a it. screenwriting course I yeah. see yeah <laughs> <laughs> they cut it and they're like well we need to kill them off to make a point yeah. let's just blow them away and there was a Disney. they were blown away by these prices Whoa. there was a Disney exec with like cigar in hand we're like we got a loose plot thread we gotta we gotta take out <laughs> the ladies <laughs> I love that that's one of my favourite stock characters like generic yeah. early 20th century American businessman pinstripe suit large cigar talks out of one side of his mouth with the other side like yeah. clamped shut yeah, yeah, absolutely amazing. You're good, kid, real good. But as long as I'm around, you'll always be second best. See? I wanted pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> actually, that reminds me. Have you seen um, Into the Spider-Verse yet? I've seen the trailer, but I haven't actually seen the no, film. I've no. seen the trailer, and it looks amazing, and I feel terrible. It does look quite like, cool. I, I really want to see it because it's probably going to win the Oscar for best um, animated feature. Um, mm. And well, we do. We will be. We will be having a discussion about a current film later on. We will, if I'm not mistaken. We will, sir, because we've um, we both forward thinking. We both saw the same thing, and I I have mixed feelings about it. I've got I've okay. got quite complex feelings, but not not so much in relation to the film. We'll, we'll end up talking about that. Um, so so okay. the other thing, just before we move on to sort of the more generic discussion, because there have been a few interesting things that have been happening recently. Mm. Um, the, the, something which is propped up on this is: Do you know what the word? Oh God, sorry. Ugh. No, I'm not familiar with that one. I'm afraid. How do you spell <laughs> I it? I shouldn't have been. I shouldn't have been drinking Coke before this. Uh, do, do you know what the um, name, the word demonym means? As in O O N Y M N. Demonym. D E M O N Y M. Um. No. I have to admit, it was a new one to me. Uh, it is the word that ref- identifies residents or natives of a particular place. So oh. you know, we are British or English. Um, and so the, the, 
that's quite just quite interesting that it included that um, if you're from this place, then you're Balisano. Um, mm. Whereas I don't know, there's like a whole a huge article on like demonyms from different places because presumably there's different uh, ways of doing it. Like uh, like because if you're from Wales, you are Welsh, but I think you you're technically also Walian. Amazing. I think I think that's right. You're Walian. I was talking to David Davis about this. Uh, yes, a person from Wales, uh, which was a completely new word to me uh, up until very recently. Um, yeah. And, you know... There... That's very interesting. I like that. Yeah, right? Because this article just has... Um, if you go on the, the Demonym Wikipedia article, there's loads of breaking it down by country or continent, uh, country, state, city. And, oh, and it's organised by, like, suffix, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's got there. Yeah, that's cool. So if you're from Philistia, you're a Philistine. It's a classic, like, um, biblical example. Uh, mm. What are some interesting ones? I'm going to have to... Uh, oh, my God. Well, if you're from Zamboanga City, which is in the Philippines, <laughs> I totally knew uh, off the of course, top of my yeah. head, um, you are a member of the Zamboangueño people. That's quite a fun one. Uh, from Latin or Latinization, Exeter, Exonian. Yes, of course. Is on here. Uh, Cambridge, Cambridgian. Or, or, or yeah, because can tab or tab is like the unofficial way of referring yeah. to someone. What else have we got? There's going to be some interesting. Very ones cool. Here. Wolverhampton is Wolfrunian. Ooh. Well, I, I I thought it might just be wolf, like you know, because like the the, the the football team are the wolves. It'd be just quite cool if you yeah I'm a wolf <laughs> from Wolverhampton. Yeah. Oh, so Newcastle from the Latin no, Novum Castrum is Novo Cast- Castrian. Novo Castrian. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. This is way that's more interesting cool. than that, the place mm. in Spain. Um, this is probably one of the more interesting articles I think I've ever been on, actually, on Wikipedia. This is very cool. Uh, oh, wow. If you're from if you're from Corfu, you're a Corfiot. Eot. You don't hear that, no, do you? If you're from Chios, which is presumably another Greek island, yeah, you're a Chiot. Corfu, you're a Corfiot. If you're from Cyprus, Cypriot. You're Cypriot. Yeah. Or apparently before 1960, you were Cyprian. So that's interesting. When when Cyprus I why became it independent, it was when Cyprus became independent. Oh, I see. And if you're from Fanar, uh, which is a place, oh, a, a place within Istanbul, from the looks of things, you're if you're from mm. Fanar, you're a fan Fanariot. Fanaria? I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. This is really Fanariot, cool. This is very cool. Of course, one that I would have known that was vague, like uh, Onian, is another one that you see. If you're from Bath, you're a Bathonian. Or Bristolian. Yep. Although that's actually not on here. That's fun. Uh, if you're from Truro, you're a Truronian, which sounds like a dog. Truronian. Oh, Bristolian's there under states, provinces, countries and cities. Counties and cities. Oh, I'm going down by um, the uh, suffix. Uh, the yeah, it's under Ian. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, oh, this is Onian as opposed to Ian. Yeah. Uh, I see. Bristolian. Uh, so some of them are just weird. Like if you're from Naples, you're a Neapolitan. Oh, that I didn't yeah. know that. If you're from Guernsey, you're a Sarnian. Yeah. Sounds like you're a sandwich. Yeah. I guess that's from the oh, from the Latin name for the island. And if you're from Shropshire, you're a Salopian, which I did know because of um, Pixel Girl. This is quite cool, isn't it? Well done, Wikipedia. Ooh, Very oh, interesting. Oh, that's cool. That um, demonyms are sometimes constructed with a prefix. Ooh. So if you're from Lesotho, you're a uh, Mosotho. And if you're, mm. you're from Kiribati, you are e Kiribati. If you're from Vanuatu, you're ni Vanuatu. Or you oh, are cool. ni Vanuatu. Yeah, yeah. This is 
Uh, oh, and then, oh, wow, there's going to be a lot of non-standard ones here. Like, <laughs> if you're from North Carolina, apparently you're a Tar Heel. Hmm. Not heard that one before. Demonym. That's just a, that's such a cool thing, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, well, you know what? We've actually fulfilled the Wikipedia uh, uh, requirement for this podcast. I think so. So, so the, intro, the cool thing which has been happening to me over the past couple of days is... Um, uh, I was in Bristol. Uh, I recorded mm-hmm. two videos with Hat Films, uh, which which is a favourite channel of, of ours. Um, I helped out... Well, actually, I designed and helped build uh, the torture device used in Trot's birthday video. The Yes, I saw that one yesterday. Uh, the Wheel of Misfortune, uh, which was uh, a lot of fun to do. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I'll include a link in the description. But then arguably more cool for me was that I got to do uh, a game of Worms, Worms Revolution, which is the version that the Hat Films guys haven't played since, I think it was 2013 or something. Mm. And... Um, we were just like, yeah, balls to it. Let's just let's just play worms, um, and yeah. it was amazing. I got to see a Chris Trot era in real life. Uh, well, I wasn't in the same room, but I got to see it happen live. Um, yeah. and I realised that actually it's very difficult to do a super a super sheep properly. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, it was wow. a lot of fun. And then, uh, that is cool. hopefully, I'm going to be doing some streaming with them. Actually, uh, when when Gather Civ Six Gathering Storm comes out, so Gathering Storm is the new expansion, which has basic. It's basically, uh about half of it is climate change. Uh, it's the fact that they introduce a mechanic where if you have uh, fuel, so that that's coal, oil, I don't know if they're introducing any other ones. Um, basically, you use up fuel as you build stuff and um, you uh, accumulate greenhouse gases as a result of burning that fuel in the atmosphere. And the more you burn, the more effects you start noticing, like an increased chance of extreme events like hurricanes and floods, uh, rising sea levels, mm-hmm. uh, reclaiming bits of the land. Um, it's it's very cool. So, but I said to Lewis when I was last there um, about how you know I would you like me to do something with this, and he was like, "Well, yeah. Would you like to stream with us?" So fingers crossed, I might be doing a stream. Might it might even be this Monday. Although I don't think the game's out this Monday. I think it might be the following week, uh, which is mm. really cool. I am almost becoming a a professional streamer at this point, which is that's quite exciting. Yeah, gosh, very weird. Um, but uh, and then also maybe doing some stuff to do with Warhammer with them. We'll have to see. Um, mm. But I also, when I was in Bristol, I gave a talk at the University of Bristol, uh, where, nice. in which I convinced half the audience, including the person who invited me, that I was really weird. Um, and uh, I got to meet up with some people. We got to meet up with Adam, uh, who uh, was there with Cameron, uh, who, who was actually doing Caledonian dancing, of all things. Uh, long-term members of the community. He was out Caledonian dancing and decided to come join us in uh, in the pub. Um, oh, fair enough. So that was really, really fun. And also a shout-out to, I think we have mentioned it on the podcast before, but Danvi, the patron saint of the Wikicast, and my personal sugar daddy, uh, and Adam do a podcast called uh, Sparks and Quarks which is a very good listen uh, and um, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, they, I just listened to an episode that Danvi is very passionately talking about a battery, which seems to be half the episodes, um, that uh, converts carbon dioxide into baking soda and electricity. So, cool. so very, very cool. Um, yeah. So that's been my life. What have you been up to, Daniel? I barely heard from you. Well, oh, it's been, been pretty busy. Um, final, final term in final year. So naturally things are hotting up rather a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of it's kind of been same old same old though. I mean, you know, singing, singing left, right, and centre. Uh, 
dissertations quite exciting i had a bit of a breakthrough the other week you might have seen on twitter actually Mm. Uh, i've I've come across the poet and priest rs thomas who is going to provide me with quite a quite a handy insight uh into uh what i'm going to be saying in my dissertation Mm. which is exciting um uh i have a very very busy sunday ahead of me with some quite spectacular music in fact uh it will be making an appearance on my choral uh, choral piece of the week, um, which I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be telling you about later. Um, one one thing that you did make me think of, though, um, uh, you mentioned Worms and Civ Six, and I thought I'd chime in on my uh, the game that I've been playing in my house with James, my housemate. Oh yeah, um, as a kind of stress relief, kind of just an easygoing, nice little thing to do. It started with um, Lego Harry Potter, the complete collection, nice. which was massively discounted on the PlayStation um, store, uh, which was amazing. So we've been playing quite a lot of that, and that's been hilariously funny. Um, but recently, we've discovered this brilliant game that I saw um, the the YouTuber Jesse Cox and Wow Crendor uh, were playing a game called Kingdom. Uh, now, the single-player version of this game is called Kingdom New Lands, um, and then they released uh, in November last year, uh, Kingdoms Two Crowns, which is the same oh, game, but I've heard about a multiplayer. This. Yeah, uh- it's absolutely brilliant. It's really fun, um, and it's it's super easygoing. It's very relaxing. The art style I love. It's this pixel kind of um, uh, vibe. Mm. Um, it's it comes under the the, the popular user defined tags on Steam are strategy, pixel graphics, survival, indie, two D, um, but the the uh no, where is it in kingdom two crowns players must work in the brand new solo or co-op campaign mode to build their kingdom and secure it from the threat of the greed which are these people who attack at night mm. um experience new technology units enemies mounts and but it's really cool so you you build your way up through you start building really really kind of rudimentary wooden structures um and then you might come across a stone mine and if you invest some coins into that you can start building out of stone and then brick and there and there's all these people, and then you you can find all these random. It's very very, you know, it's it's effectively a point and click because you only you you click to spend coins in things, and you move around with your character, and that's basically all you can do. Um, but it's just it's really cathartic and and fun and terrifying at times because if it, much like with you know what was the game that other kind of three D cube-like world builder that we played minecraft do you mean <laughs> no the no the the don't the, the dragons and castles and dragons dragons oh, and castles, Kingdoms and castles. Dragons. there you go yeah that one um it's kind of like a 2d version of that almost um mm. but it's excellent i, I can highly recommend it the, the, the single player is meant to be brilliant in fact it, you can get it on ios and an android so i've had it on my phone um uh, during any kind of particularly boring guest sermons, <laughs> it's quite nice just to just to nip in and check the kingdom's doing all right. But but the t- multiplayer is really really good fun, um, and that's been taking up quite a bit of our evenings. I've got to say, like I'm really looking forward to actually doing a bit more gaming over the next couple of months. Like I really want to dedicate time to mm-hmm. like just to, to make time for it because when i've made time recently i've been trying to get better at civ basically in anticipation of the new expansion coming out um yeah i thought i'd dedicate some hours to it and you know put some and 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 what i found is that i've actually just been more relaxed just dedicating a couple of hours even if it's just once a week it just i don't know i feel like i'm basically reminding myself that i do actually need to make time for play as an adult mm. um which is of course you know why games are important uh, but I have to admit, I've heard I've heard a lot of good things about that game. I know that Tom Clark from the Oxcast plays that. 
Um, mm. The other thing which I, I bought but I haven't played yet is Stellaris, which is like space civilization, effectively. But instead of cities, you're controlling planets. Um, yeah. Uh, and I'm looking forward to playing some of that when I get the chance. But yeah, I oh, I played my first VR experience. I played on um, I, I went to Hannah Witten's house uh, uh, last weekend and played on Beat Saber. Have you seen Beat Saber? Oh yes, I have. Yeah, it's really fun. Like, I was I was sort of wondering if I don't know should I should I invest in like a VR rig because this is really good but i don't yeah. know it is like several hundred pounds and at the moment and you need you need a good amount of space and probably like a dedicated you know yeah because dedicated zone at the moment like. i i don't really have enough room in my office to play i suppose i could but it's not really big enough whereas if i was to play yeah. downstairs i'd have a console and if i was to buy a console at this point i would definitely get a switch because it's just so yeah versatile yeah yeah um so yeah oh, i don't know man why why do things have to cost money it's oh this yeah just it's, sucks. Um, i had to pay bills yesterday and that's always pretty crushing mm. especially given that we're coming out of the you know we're coming out the tail end of winter really um yeah so we have to we've had all the heating kind of it's always the most expensive gas bill yeah because yeah. you're just trying to stay warm you know God, yeah um, I, the heating in our house isn't exactly the best we have a we have the grand canyon that runs underneath the uh, door going into our kitchen so just oh, as really? soon as the house gets warm, it's just pissing out all of that warm air into the into like yeah, the, yeah. the the porch kind of area, which isn't. Yeah. I'm, I'm not looking forward to getting our heating bill. You need that. to um, you need to get one of those old door stops. You know the things that you, you like your grandparents always used to have in a house, which was just like this big oh like the um noodly cushion kind that, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you'd put in front of the door. Yeah, I, we probably. Should. I mean, we put a towel down, and that kind of works. Um, oh, sorry, just on the sorry, just something just popped up on my monitor, which has reminded me. Um, on the subject of gaming, have you seen Apex Legends? I've heard of it. See, I recognise the name. It's but... um, a new kind of battle royale game, and I have to admit, right, it didn't really grab my attention very much. I, mean, I know that basically everyone on Twitch and YouTube is playing it at the moment because it's the new big thing. Yeah. I didn't realise it was free. Oh, really? Now that is. That's actually kind Exciting. of tempting. Because I, yeah. I know that, yeah, basically a lot of the people in, the, in my YouTube network, Standard, like I had a, a message from, uh, who was it? I think it was Tearzu, yeah, was saying, um, oh yeah, I'm playing I'm playing uh, Apex Legends with, I think it was, um, I can't remember who it was. It was another YouTube channel. And um, mm. they were like, anyone want to join in? And I was like, oh, if I could afford the game, maybe I would. But now... So maybe, yeah. I mean, generally, I'm also bringing that up because um, on the Discord, there has been talk of doing some gaming uh, in the community. And I'd be really up for doing some casual gaming with people. Like uh, people have suggested maybe Trouble in Terrorist Town or Prop Hunt yeah, in the community. Classic. So yeah. I feel like, um, go and check out the Discord, by the way, guys, because it's um, it's a really nice place to be at the moment, actually. I'm, I'm just sort of scrolling through now. And um, yeah, perhaps we could do some gaming in the future, seeing as um, that's something which Dan and I and seemingly the community have in common. So we could mm. do a bit of that. Well, especially given the dangerous, the dangerous news that um, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think it might actually be today. Oh no, 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 I'm all right. Um, World of Warcraft Classic comes oh, out this year. No. Oh, oh no! Oh god! I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Release date. Let's see if I can find it. Summer 2019. Okay, so we've, you've got a bit of productivity left this year before it, it ruins your life. Yeah. But it's going to apparently. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Can't wait. They um, there is a there was a trailer released for it, and it does just look cool. And on the on the kind of forums and website, they do um, 
dev posts of like how it's going and how they've had to kind of redo a load of code because the game has changed so much they've got to kind of code the new game back into an old template and yeah it's yeah. very exciting wow okay well anyway shall, yeah. shall we, we 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 have done ourselves we, we've been ticking all the WikiCast boxes this week of going on a million different tangents um that's true we talked about gaming if you're interested in gaming join go and have a look on the discord in fact if you're not interested in gaming join on the discord which means that there should be seven billion people on there the next time i check um mm. so i believe dan it's time for you to talk about your choral piece of the week oh yes here we go and this will be my piece of the week. Drum roll, please. Right, hit me with it. Right, so this Sunday morning uh, uh, at uh, Exeter Cathedral, we're doing a rather exciting mass setting, um, which I have come across the name of before, um, but I, I don't think I'd actually listened to. Anyway, it's a piece by Roxana Panufnik. Uh, so she and she is the um, the great granddaughter or granddaughter of a fam- another famous Panufnik. Actually, I'm going to do a quick um, All right. tactical Google here. Anzerz Panufnik was a Polish composer and conductor. He became established as one of the leading Polish composers, and as a conductor, he was instrumental in the re-establishment of the Warsaw Philharmonic uh, after World War II. Um, he defected to the UK in 1954, took up British citizenship, and he became chief conductor of the City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra. Um, and then he just composed for the rest of his life. Anyway, uh, I've heard of Roxana. I haven't heard of him. So yeah, she's the daughter of the, compo- of the uh, composer and conductor. Uh, this guy. Anyway, she wrote this mass called the Westminster Mass. Ah, um, yeah. Oh, now that is a piece of music. I've heard. I've yeah. heard that live. Yeah. Now we're doing it on Sunday, and oh my good lord, it is exciting. Um, it's just an inc- It's just. It's madness. It really is madness. Um, the madness is added to in quite a hilarious way when you follow along with the with the score. Um, there was no real kind of proofreading of the score it seems no one had kind of checked it for just kind of uh formatting errors or whatever so to actually navigate this this score is an absolute nightmare um but if i'm going to recommend two movements in particular um i will have to recommend the sanctus and benedictus first because it's shorter than the gloria um and it's right. just so much fun it's like this incredible mashup of um the dove Mr. brevis the yeah yeah vierne the in its loudness um it's just so cool and then the gloria and if you listen to the gloria you need to wait until the last about 40 seconds of the entire track when you hear the final chord on amen when it's both major and minor at the same time because you can't make up her mind um it's just brilliant anyway we're doing that on sunday morning um it's going to be a tremendous amount of fun and then to follow that even song in the afternoon um walton chichester service and ascribe unto the lord oh what a so banging service a, it's a banging service yeah i've got to say um, so that's I heard, quite exciting i've heard the westminster live and I, I, like it was in exeter cathedral and i remember thinking this it doesn't sound pretty but this is no. like tickling it's tickling the part of my brain like the kind of academic music part of my brain where i'm like i can yeah. see that th- i can hear that this is clever and like i want to see yeah. where this is going but it, it's it's a, a hard listen I feel like it's not. Yeah, it's not it's a like hard listen. it's quite a hard sing to be fair. Yeah, it um, sounded crunchy as all hell. I think I was talking to Rose yeah. about this when she, because I think she partly sang it, and she was like, "Yeah, it was very, very hard." Yeah, 
Um, I've been looking at it for like the past week and a bit to make sure that I can, can actually, I'm actually some use on Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 a tremendous amount of fun, and I think it's I think it's brilliant. So yes, uh, the Westminster Mass by Roxana Panufnik. I'm going to just jump in uh, mm-hmm. here because there was something uh, which is I, I found actually we will get onto where we both found this in in not very long uh, because I found uh, a piece of music by um, uh, Messiaen. I'm never entirely sure how you're supposed to pronounce that. Me- yeah, Messiaen. Let's let's go with that. Um, called uh, in. English, it's Jesus Accepts the Suffering. Uh, the original title is Jesus Accepte la Souffrance. Um, mm-hmm. And it is basically, so it's about Jesus being on the cross and accepting like the pain of it and, you know, for, on behalf of all of humankind. And it is super dark and powerful organ music. Um, it's mm-hmm. used in a film, which we will talk about in just a second, but I'd highly recommend um, if you like really dark kind of it's not grimy it's just tonally so like full of dread this is from his la nativité yeah yeah so the assistant director of music at Lex cathedral tim parsons recently gave a concert off this piece he oh, played really? the entire la-, la nativité yeah um it's very cool it's very yeah. cool uh, this is the seventh movement so i have no idea how many movements there are oh, apparently there are nine movements in total mm. um so yeah i would definitely definitely recommend that as a little my extra little piece that I throw in from time to time. Anyway, should we talk about the movie that we got? I got this from in Critics Corner. Okay, let's go. Simon and I, in a in a weird uh, in a weird case of of, of foresight and forward planning, <laughs> um, we decided to try and actually go and see a film. Uh, but we would both go and see it. <laughs> that we'd both go and see, yeah. Um, sadly, in different parts of the country. However, it has been seen that we can now both talk about something that we've seen together, which is quite good for a podcast. Um, yes. This film is the favourite, starring um, Olivia Coleman um, and Emma Stone and Rachel Vice. Uh, Look, it's interesting. We'll say I think it's fair to say that it's a pretty interesting film. Mm-hmm. Um, if we, I, I think we should launch in with just initial. What would you, what would you rate it? Let's let's say now what Ooh. you would give it a star, and then we'll explain why. Okay, so we're going to go out. We're going to go for stars out of five. I'm going to go with. I would give it four stars. I would give it four and a half stars. Oh, this, yeah. like, this is the first time where you thought it was better. Yeah, or you've given a higher rating than I have. I know, it's, it's, it's an unusual thing. I have mixed feelings about the experience of watching the film, but I think the, thing, yes. the film itself was really quite good. Yes. Um, what, right, so perhaps, perhaps you should explain to the audience, what is the favourite about, Dan? Okay, so... Fortunately, I've got a lovely little uh, snippet here from The Guardian. Oh. Um, it's directed by Yorgos uh, Lanthimos, who's a Greek, a Greek director, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a tragic comedy set in the court of Queen Anne. Um, and uh, it's it's about this kind of... Uh, 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 well, The Guardian's going to do it better than me. Uh, a tragicomic tale of personal and political jealousy and intrigue in 18th century England, set in the court of Queen Anne, the last of the Stuart monarchs. It balances foreign wars with homegrown tussles in an often uproarious and occasionally alarming fashion. Um, there's this weird, overarching, kind of crunching threat of war in France, whether they 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 kind of push on and, and decimate or they sign a treaty for peace. Um and then this weird kind of 
power play and love triangle between uh, Olivia Collins, Queen Anne, um, uh, Rachel Vice's Lady Sarah Churchill, um, who's kind of like the Queen's advisor, and it's made pretty clear from the onset, from the offset, that um, that uh, that Lady Churchill basically controls uh, the Queen. The Queen doesn't really know what she's doing. She's just kind of you know overweight, depressed, riddled with gout, and plagued by suicidal uh, thoughts. It's a really, really fascinating performance. I think Olivia Colman's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and then to, to to throw in a bit of um, I throw a spanner in the works if you like into this kind of this this working for all of its faults a system that works uh, Emma Stone's character Abigail um, who is the uh, the lady Lady Churchill's penniless cousin um, arrives to be like a maid and Abigail and the Queen get very close and suddenly they realise that Abigail's quite a lot stronger than than. Lady Churchill originally anticipated, and there's this weird play of, of kind of... Yeah. Most interesting than that, because this is one of the critics, critics I, criticisms I had when I came out of the film, is I I walked out and wasn't sure whether I liked it or not. I think that's always a really good sign in a film. If you're not immediately bowled over with, yes, I thought that was excellent, or no, I thought it was rubbish, it's more intriguing when you've got something that you think, oh, was it was it both? Was it both really good and really bad? I don't know, because it makes you think. Mm. Um, I think that the 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 story itself is very hard to pin down because one of the first things I thought when I came out of the film was, was it too long? I thought it might have been. I thought it went on for a bit, but then I thought, well, actually, that's probably not true. I'm trying to impose my idea of of a kind of a more formulaic three-act narrative to, yes. to a film that does not do that. Hence its use of tableau and, you know, one, two, three. You have these these kind of this episodic chapter-like flicking through of a black screen with with numbers on to, 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 to kind of to imply a, a progression and give you a sense of, of time. Um, on top of that, uh, with, there, with the absence of any clear structured narrative if you like um the the cinematography itself is really really unusual it's very um, interesting yeah yeah and and i think it absolutely works you get these incredibly wide almost kind of fish-eyed fish gopro uh, yeah, yeah. um um images maybe sitting in in, in the middle of a um of a corridor or in the corner of the kitchen and you're just there's just so much on the screen and it's all you know it's all kind of bloomed and and and, and distorted uh, and also a huge uh, I, I didn't count how many times they used it um the number of times they used a 180 degree pan with a yes. fisheye lens which yeah. was i think because i was just trying to find out where did they film they, they, they actually filmed it in one of the royal palaces um in a hatfield house in hertfordshire and there was another royal house, I think, that they they. I don't know. Okay, yeah, Hatfield House. I think I think that was where I was thinking. Um, so they were filming on location, you know, on period appropriate location. Um, and I think what they were trying to do with the with the the fact that they were using a fisheye lens and trying to show with 180 degree pan, they were trying to show um how much they had the fact they were there but it, it i thought it was a really interesting use of quite modern cinematography techniques that felt very modern very david fincher kind of level mm. 
um, mm. in a film that was so clearly set in the period. And the thing, I feel like the first thing we should say is that the production value, like the actual production itself is astoundingly high. Mm. Like it felt Absolutely. so, I mean, from, from the, I mean, the music, the soundtrack's great. It's all period appropriate stuff or just after the period because it's set at an annoying time in music history before a lot of the greats have been born. Um, yeah. Uh, so the music's fantastic the costumes are fantastic the um you know the set designed such as it is i mean it's taking place in a historical building um was fantastic um and also if we're on the subject of stuff that was great in the film i feel like all three lead performances were fantastic yeah they really were i think too the um there's a there's a there's a lovely sentence just in terms of how much the soundtrack and cinematography adds to the the actual effect of seeing the film. A soundtrack that lurches from the lush strains of Handel, Purcell and Vivaldi to the experimental edginess of Anna Meredith via Elton John's harpsichord adds to the off-kilter atmosphere, keeping the audience on their toes, alert, unsettled and hugely entertained. And that's the thing. There are moments of... It's a true kind of black comedy um, performance from everyone because you have these moments that are laugh-out-loud funny. Mm mixed with really kind of gut-wrenchingly tragic, sad, you know, um, moments that, that that might only last for a couple of seconds. And it's incredibly well-balanced for something that is, as Mark Comos describes, as so off-kilter. I think that's why it works, because emotionally, um, you're, if you're kind of... If you sit down and you imagine your emotions sitting on some kind of a dial and the needle is very much neutral, pointing kind of due north, throughout the film, every time that you start to drift to a uh, kind of like a true west, you'll then be immediately thrown to a true east at the same time and then back. And mm. for, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction emotionally, which is why the, 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 the soundtrack and the cinematography and, and the kind of the, off, the performances that seem so... Um, it's not like a you're not going to see like you're not watching a period drama because the the acting is 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 modern it's contemporary um, a lot of the language yeah. is is that as well. Um, <laughs> Did you think of a particular someone by the way when one of the characters uh, sits down to write uh, tries to write a letter and has several attempts at writing a letter and one of the attempts just sits down and goes dear. Yeah, and then just I like did actually, yeah. scrunches, scrunches it up and throws it. Yeah. And I was like, mm, a pixel guy and I looked at each other and we were like, was that? Yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, what I, I feel like you're exactly right in, in that, like, it, it's perfectly balanced. It, mm. it was that, that fascinating blend of period and modern uh, in, the, in, in the way that some of the dialogue actually was felt very period. In particular, um, I think Nicholas Holt's character of um, Hardy, I think it was, I think it was the, the prime minister, um, uh, it feels very period, but then you just get these interjections that feel so incredibly modern, mostly swearing, mm. uh, it's yes. got to be said. Um but I, I feel like the the impression that I got from the film overall was that it was a filmmaker, the director, who was so completely in control of their craft, like so mm-hmm. utterly confident in what they were doing, um, that they were making these big, broad, stylistic brushstrokes with the with the cinematography, with um, the way that they used a manipulated music, and also thematically. I, I felt the ending is is 
quite beautiful actually it's quite an unusual mm. ending um but again yeah it felt like a, a filmmaker who was just who'd like finished it and then walked away with this you know when that that thing where you you um assemble a block of dominoes or something into a pyramid and you just keep you take your hands off and you walk away and you know that you've mm. done it i feel like that's how the director was when when finishing the film which is my problem with the film because um yorgos lanthimos who directed it two feature films before because there was the killing of a sacred deer that he did the previous year the, mm-hmm. the film that he did before that was the lobster mm. which i hate with a passion that i've never felt for a film before it is a film that yeah. made me feel physically sick and all i could think when i started enjoying the favorite was why couldn't he have done this last time why mm. did you have to subject me to that awful experience where i thought i was going to be sick and like you could have done this you you like you're not that different in your where you are in your career you, you've just made this film which has been nominated for like 10 oscars <laughs> why couldn't you've just yeah. done that I, don't, I mean i i haven't seen the lobster nor have i seen the killing of a sacred deer um i, I desperately want to now mm. um it's different from this <laughs> so yeah I'll say that yeah it's just it's just interesting isn't it i think it's such a at a time when i think a lot of people are getting very sick of the rehashing of of classic fairy tales and yeah um we've been through the we've been through the 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 sci-fi phase again where everyone's shooting stupid in space and (laughs) and even now i think we're probably this this will herald a, a, a kind of a costume dramas are going to be reborn you know there was there was outlaw king on netflix starring chris pine that did very well um mm. there's um mary queen of scots which is out at the same time as, as this uh, the favorite i think we'll see kind of uh the the, the 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 period costume drama is going to be reborn again um yeah and i'm okay with that if enough artistic uh kind of ingenuity and creativity and originality is is present like it is in the in this film in the favorite yeah this feels like in a way it kind of felt like an art house film that just so yes. happened to get a big broad release yeah um, see i'm really glad i went and saw it in the picture house in which would have been perfect so i had I a, imagine. yeah i had a drink beforehand uh sat and watched it and then kind of had like a, a long kind of walk home to think about it. it was perfect i think this is actually maybe this is quite an interesting point i wonder if how much my perception of the film would have been altered had I gone to see it in view, like IMAX, you know? Yeah, because I, I saw it at the Empire Cinema just down the road. So I, mm-hmm. it, like the exact opposite end of the spectrum to what you had. And I feel like you definitely had a better viewing experience. Yeah. Um, but I still, we still seem to have come with the same takeaways from the film. Yes. So perhaps in that sense, you know, it's... um. It's. You could argue that it doesn't matter. In, in a way, actually, it was. It was quite funny when I when I went to see this. I I, I sat down, got my, put my drink down, and and Todd picks got. Hang on, I'm just going to pop to the loo before we go, uh, like before the film starts. And I came back, and I, as I was walking back down the corridor past all these screens, I heard the um, Pearl and Dean theme mm-hmm. that we, we we've heard already in this podcast now, um, six times. Yeah. Like it was amazing. Somehow this the screening synced up. It was like ba 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 ba, and it felt like I was walking through corporate filmmaking. 
Like, literally, yeah. it could not have been more corporate filmmaking in a big multiplex cinema. Pearl and Dean blaring. I'd, I'd watched the trailer for How to Train Your Dragon 3 about eight times because we we arrived at the cinema an hour early um, because Pixel Girl got the time of the film wrong, so we just sat there watching trailers for an hour. It could not yeah. have been more corporate Hollywood, and yet I still yeah. really enjoyed it in the same way you did. So perhaps that does indicate... Because my gut instinct is to say that it did affect your viewing experience, but clearly we basically had the same experience. Yes, yeah. The other thing which I'd like to sort of mention is, and I'm not sure if I'm going to get flack for this or not, was I felt a little bit uncomfortable with how the film uh, used Emma Stone's body. If it, and, and by what I mean by oh, that like is... Oh, like you only get the nude reveal at a given point? Yeah, so there were two scenes before... Um, uh, there's a particular dramatic scene which we won't ruin the film by by saying it's quite a key sort of event that is revealed um they get these two scenes beforehand where there are a lot of naked female bodies around emma stone and she's sort of covering herself up and yeah. you know or she I, happens to be covered by yeah. something else by the you know placement of objects and, and it very much feels like the intention is to highlight that she isn't naked on screen while everyone else is and it happens once and it happens again and then the third time round there's this it's a really beautiful shot actually of uh, another character walks towards a bed uh, with a light and out of the gloom out of the darkness this orange very warmly illuminated Emma Stone is there with one breast out and it very much felt like it was kind of offering up her body on a platter to the male gaze. Yeah. It was like her body was a plot device. And I felt like if it was just perhaps once, they'd had the one scene before where she wasn't visibly naked and then this happened, perhaps I wouldn't have noticed it. Yeah. But by the rule of threes, it felt very deliberate. And yeah. it felt like it had basically used her body as, yeah, like a, like a, a commodity like in the same mm. way that you would invest in a big special effects shot that yeah. you, the, the, to sell a moment or a big musical cue. It just, I don't know. And I, I can't tell whether it is sort of me telling Emma Stone what she should or shouldn't be doing with her body, which of course is none of my business. But the fact that it was written into the script and the fact that as far as I know, she's not done any nude scenes before. I, I'm not a, the kind of person on the internet who knows exactly which actress actors been naked on screen before or not yeah but it, I, do you know what i mean it felt like yeah, she was neat yeah i think there was an there's an absolute deliberate choice in re- re- revealing her at that time in that way um mm. to almost commodify her i think that was probably a choice because both both lady churchill and abigail are in a sense commodified um be it for their for their mind or their body um mm. i i think it worked i didn't think it i didn't feel uncomfortable with it i think it the the effect was achieved because it made you all made everyone think at that moment oh this is why she's now fully nude because because she hasn't been before and it's meant to be this big kind of oh wow that's it you know it's 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 captivating and uh and striking in in both a kind of a, in a kind of filmic literary sense within the narrative, but then also in a more meta sense because you're like, oh, now she's actually nude, and you're thinking that. Well, it's like the uh, it's like um that whole alienation effect that we spoke about with the uh, with Kafka's Metamorphosis. Mm. This idea to, to 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 make you think about something that you would only be aware of knowing that you're watching a film. You're now you're 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 thinking of something. Uh, 
or reacting to something that isn't actually in terms of the narrative. You're like, oh, this is a wider, just like, oh, what, look, she's nude now. That has nothing to do with the the, the film, really. It's what you're seeing. But then you are also realising why they've done it as a layer within within the, within the story. Um, I didn't feel, yeah, I didn't feel it was, it was, I didn't feel uncomfortable. Um, I thought the effect was achieved, but I'd be curious to know how, you know, how I'm, I mean, there must be interviews with Emma Stone where she's talking about like what that was like, mm. and for I, yeah, all we know, it's her choice. Maybe, maybe she was meant to be nude from the very beginning, and she and she said, "Oh, maybe it would be better if we yeah did this one." Big I, I feel like that's possibly the best case scenario, and I'm still I'm still a bit confused about how I feel about this, and also how I feel about how I feel about this. Like, yeah. I'd be interested to get some readers' comments. If you've seen The Favourite, if you have any thoughts on this, do email in spongeelectric at gmail.com. Um, if you're Emma yeah. Stone and you've got some thoughts... Yeah, um, do let us know. Email in. Um, it's none of our to... business what you do with your body, but I'd be interested to know why it was done in this way, basically. Yeah. Um, and one final thought on the film, um, mm-hmm. which occurred to me after, like about a couple of days afterwards. Does this film pass the inverse Bechdel test? So you know how the Bechdel test is you have you have to have a film with two female characters and they have to have a conversation that is not about uh, a a man. Right. I'm trying to think about whether there are t- there's a conversation in this film which happens between two male characters which isn't about a girl. Hmm. The only thing I can possibly think of is possibly when the two um there's the the Whig politician and the Tory politician are talking about the war, but I can't remember if that was a conversation where it was just those two. Because hmm. obviously, like the thing with this film is there are three leads; they're all female, and you know they're not all just obsessed with men. As a matter of fact, kind of the opposite. But hmm. in, so in that sense, you know, it's quite quite unusual. But it occurred to me that perhaps this film actually doesn't pass the inverse Bechdel test which yeah. I'm not saying that that is a bad thing at all I just thought it was quite an interesting thought experiment it'd be, yeah it'd be interesting to look at the script I think I'd love to see the film again just because there is so much to take in for instance one of the things that I thought when a couple of days after having seen it I, I was interested to see I'd love to see it again and see if there are other, any other interest in any are the, oh my god I think I'm sorry I think I'm having a stroke bear with me um <laughs> If there are any other instances where you hear that kind of, you know, the frenzied scratching from the rabbits at the end of the film, at that yes. kind of that, that fade out, and you hear that, I'd love to hear and see whether there is another moment where that scratching occurs in the film, because I bet there is. I bet if you listen, you'll hear that as a motif before, which is what makes that end scene so you know there must be something subconsciously you're like i've heard that before that's why they're ending with it you know i'd love to see where they've put it in and yeah i would happily see it again it's one of those films where there is it's like reading a where's wally book you can read where's wally a where's wally book and then um pick it up the following week and go again because your mind just can't possibly remember the sheer amount mm. of stuff or that you know the, the the really intricate uh drawings and paintings that they often have on the ceilings of dentists Oh yeah, yeah. To just because there's so much to take in, it's like one of those that there's a there's a kind of visual, emotional, cognitive feast. Every Ooh, frame, a feast for the senses. That's that's the Absolutely. thing they'll put on the poster. The wiki cast, a feast for the senses. Four and a half. Well, but our average four and a quarter stars. Four sla- four and a half slash four stars. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, well, yeah. there we go. That was our thoughts on The Favourite. Um, do let us know if you have any separate thoughts, uh, separate to our own. Hopefully you have separate thoughts to our own thoughts. Otherwise, I pity yeah. you poor bastards. Um, mm. I would just like to, before we move on to the next corner, because we, we are going to have to move this podcast on relatively 
briskly. We do both have mm-hmm. other things we need to do today. Um, I have two uh, podcast recommendations that I would like oh, to nice. bring to the floor. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, we've already mentioned Sparks and Quarks earlier. I found uh, two shows. First of all is Imaginary Worlds, which is okay. a show about half hour episodes where they take a an imaginary world or an imaginary concept so i've listened to ones that were on magic the gathering uh on the politics of the expanse on the islamic influence on the book of june uh on the idea of living in space and on rotating <coughs> space stations jesus oh, sorry and Thanks. um they're just very interesting well-made half hour shows I, uh, if you're interested in sci-fi definitely check them out um and they've done you know D and fantasy and all these kind of things i think the tagline is like uh, it's about imagined worlds why we create them and why we suspend our disbelief yeah which i just think is a really interesting idea and then mm. the other show i'd like to quickly recommend is Twenty Thousand hertz which is about sound design uh and so there have been episodes on siri how they did the first design siri um about the thx deep tone you know the thing that plays yeah. at the start of the movie it's like um that's my impression of it that's gonna be memed i'm sure um uh and uh what else uh game design like 8-bit game design um, oh yeah basically if you're interested in sound because i as soon as i saw it as that it was a thing i was like yes Whoa. jesus you're right yeah. yeah sorry i think i'm just having a mild allergic reaction to something go on i'm yes. listening it's apparently the, these podcasts you really don't like them um apparently uh and um yeah so um if you're interested in sound design uh i would highly highly recommend it i thought it was a i think it's a really really interesting show uh both of them so i'll put links to both of them in the show notes and uh well right we probably should move on to patreon corner i believe so and before we do that i'm going to throw in one of my own um podcast recommendations Um, i'll I'll do what you're doing whilst you uh whilst you do this cheers thanks very much um it's available on BBC Radio 4. It's called Thinking Aloud. That's aloud spelled A-L-L-O-W-E-D. Um, uh, the description is new research on how society works, and it's kind of like a cross between a philosophy come uh, social commentary. Uh, they, they feature a different either influential um, key kind of figure within a given movement or concept that is associated with such a figure. So... Um, <laughs> Cheers. Um, Sorry. There was uh, it's quite it, there's, there's a very long back catalogue now. I don't know when they did they did a most recent episode, but I listened to a one on it's called a special program on Pierre Bourdieu, um, uh, and he's a quite an in- interesting guy. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. It's like in our time, basically, but um, a little bit more niche but on a specific so. person, and uh, yeah. is it a bit and, more structured? And within a specific within a given field, and it's got a different they they feature three different. Um, kind of academics, if you like, but usually of differing levels. So one was a PhD student, one was a professor, one was, I don't know, somebody else, a butcher, a baker, and a candlestick maker. But it was, um, <laughs> it was, it's really interesting. It's very, very good. Um, if you like in oh, our time, cool. you'll like thinking aloud. That will also be in the show notes. Right. Now let's actually go and thank the people that make this podcast possible. <laughs> Uh, yeah, do you want to kick off this section? Sure. For sure, Thor. Sure, God of Blunder. Zug zug. Work work. <coughs> Sorry, the World of Warcraft reference. <laughs> nerd. 
It's that time again, Patreon Corner. This is where we say a massive thank you to our supporters on Patreon, um, specifically with reference to our top lads uh, who donate a whopping $5 a month to help us do this thing, which is the Wikicast. That includes our hosting. We do sometimes actually make episodes. I I do feel bad. We do, we do. These people are like, yeah, we'll we'll give you money. Make make content for me. And we're like, yeah, we'll get around to it at some point. (laughs) We will. We promise we will. Um, it includes our hosting, it includes our donation to the Wikimedia Foundation, um, a multitude of other sins as well, um, including mm. helping us uh, helping us with merch when, when that was a thing. Um, it's yeah it's, it's i also it's, i also have some ideas for further use of the money after this after we finish recording the episode i'll have a chat to you about it done so we might okay. be able to put put something out there in the next week or two which would be Fabulous. a very exciting way to use this money which you've given us for this god-awful podcast but Indeed. thank you because well bless i'll be you seeing all. you i'll be seeing you soonish um for the bark b minor mass uh, St. John I should be coming down before then as well to sort of do a fact finding, working out where to put cameras and talk about mic positionings and things like that. Okay. So hopefully I'll be down twice. So we'll be able yeah. to. Because we'll of be course Mike is, Mike is scared of heights, so we don't want to put him up too high. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's, he's used yeah. to being low to the ground, bless him. Yeah. Um, also, also, you still have my chocolate. I haven't forgotten this. You still have yeah. my chocolate from Theo Chocolate. Yeah. Or have you eaten it? Mm, no. <laughs> How you I bloody eaten? I haven't eaten my it. I haven't chocolate. Eaten, I haven't eaten all of it. <laughs> anyway, you we need bitch. to say a massive thing. <laughs> no, you no, I haven't. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. He says, googling Theo. He chocolate. says, <laughs> I'm literally Ordering. composing an. Wait. I'm composing an email now, being like, I need more chocolate. <laughs> um. Anyway, a huge thank you to our (laughs) Patreon supporters. Um, I'd like to say a massive thank you to Ben Dover. Well done, moustache man. Uh, Ben McMurtry and Ben Dent. I'd like to thank Bryce D. Wilkins, Choco Cat, and Colm (laughs) Mansfield. Dan Hanvey, Duffy Schramm Vontabel and Eric Davis. Henry Brewster, Isabel Ostrowski and Jay Wright. John Mannion, Jonathan Trimble and Geordie Eschendal. Kyle Much, Lachlan Woods, Lois Watson, Maggie Mav- Marut Fakira Punyawat, and Matt Maguire, Omar Miranda, Fee Gascoigne, Rory Healy, and finally Simon Torseth, Tapio Kirkinen, and Whitney Ferries. Thank you so much for, for all your support. Um, we should be slipping back into a slightly more uh, kind of regimented schedule now. Um, yeah, obviously Christmas once again, threw us for a loop and. Yeah, and, and, you know, some of us were away for New Year and it's all just a bit mad. Um, but yes, we 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 are very appreciative that you still still support. Um, it's it's a massive help. Top lad, and we find ourselves in the final corner of this delightful polygon that is this podcast. Uh, we're going to be reading some of your correspondence sent to spongyelectricgmail.com. We do genuinely love to hear from you. Um, and I have a follow up from the last episode, which we will never speak of ever again, um, mm. about uh, well. The subject line is Chronic Migraine Plagued Reader number three. Dear Simon and Dan, this is from Finley Robinson. Seriously, you guys have something for collecting people with chronic migraines. I've just listened to you guys get absolutely trashed in the last episode. We said we'd never talk about it. And can relate way too much to the other people who've emailed in about how they suffer with migraines. Unlike the previous people, I wasn't suddenly struck with migraines, but instead by a 14 stone 15 year old, good God, that's a big chonker, during a game of rugby in October 2015, and the concussion knocked them out. 
Everything was hunky-dory then, until about a week later when I, when Finley collapsed and spent a week in bed with what can only be described as the worst headache possible. Several visits to neurologists, cognitive rehabilitation therapists, and a few MRI scans later, I was eventually diagnosed with a brain injury, dyslexia, and anxiety, as well as several chronic migraines, which are luckily now better. Glad to hear it. And with now bad headaches being part of daily life and migraines being a presence, but not as bad as they were. I'm currently in the final year of sixth form, and despite this, I've managed to get good grades to have been interviewed for medical school. Oh, wow. Well, if hey, I do to become awesome. a neurologist, you can help people with the same conditions as me. But yeah, anyway, you guys have a thing for attracting listeners with chronic migraines. You should probably get tested or something because one more person and we probably have enough for support group. Thanks <laughs> so much for this rambling mess of a podcast. Finn, aged 18.03 years old. Decimal heresy, the likes of which we have not seen for quite some time. Outstanding work, Finn. Very good. I'm not quite sure if it's so much that we have a habit of collecting listeners or readers with migraines as we have a habit of collecting readers with head injuries i feel yeah, like true. there may be a, a, a correlation there there absolutely does mean causation in this instance in that particular instance also uh finn writes p.s dan might be pleased to know that i'm doing latin a level which is currently hey. the bane of my life as i have memory problems yeah god you poor soul uh, also Olim amicus meus ex urbe discadebat, my friend. PPS, I'm currently writing this at home whilst I'm off school because of migraines and severe di- dizziness. So that's something, I guess. Also, team dog, suck it, Simon. <laughs> nice. Nice sting in the Finn. tail there. <laughs> I have another email here. I don't know why I whispered that. That's really odd, wasn't it? We, we, have, a, we have another email here. It's from Mandalore. Uh, this is triggered by Simon, unfortunately not a fanfic. Dear Messrs. Moore and Clark, salutations from Sydney. I recently discovered this Porkins of a podcast, beloved though wo- uh, woefully overlooked, thanks to <laughs> Simon's up? appearances right. on Hat Films videos ah! and the 2018. Oh wow, we've got so this is a, this is someone who's new to the podcast since seeing you on the Jingle Jam and Hat Films. Oh right, oh Mandalore, thank you, thank you very much for joining us. Congr- wow, welcome. Welcome to this place. Whale I feel come. I must apologise in whale come indeed. I feel I must apologise in advance for a short essay slash rant triggered by some comments I read in Wikicast. Oh, sorry, what? Uh, a short essay slash what? Rant. 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 Just rant. A short rant. essay slash rant. Yeah. What? It's a, it's a rant. Ranting. Yeah. Rant. You know, ra- it's not ranting. <laughs> it can be. It's not. It's not. Go it's off. not a thing. That's like a rant. It's not a ranting. <laughs> you, well, you're ranting. that's a rant. I rant. I don't rant. I rant. That's so... Ugh, no. I feel I must apologise in advance for a short essay slash rant. Rant. Triggered by some comments I read in Wikicast 023, Recession of 1949, a particularly fine episode. Um, especially if they have been already addressed in later episodes and vlogs. I started reading the podcast and vlogs from scratch, so I have a lot of ground to cover yet. My God, you poor soul. Uh, keep fighting the good fight. Um, I've recently begun a PhD in economics with a focus on monetary macroeconomics, eco- economic oh, history and history <laughs> of economic okay. thought. Different things entirely, despite the, th- the similarities in name. And was excited to note there was an economic-themed podcast and some vlogs to look forward to. However, upon reaching this episode, I was disappointed as accidentally uh, chartering a bus to Bronson rather than Branson, Missouri. No dice. <laughs> while, been studying, well, while both studying and teaching undergraduate economic courses has demonstrated to me that it's not everyone's cup of tea, I feel like it's the pinnacle of heresy for this to be coming up as an entertainment empire featuring rich explorations of choral music and atmospheric physics. I kid. 
mostly. Moreover, uh, the talk are we of in finance... an entertainment empire in the Apparently. same way that there's a Lithuanian empire? <laughs> Moreover, the talk of finance and stocks as akin to economics during the first 10 minutes is, similar, is similarly heretical. A rough analogy would be describing oceanography as a subset of atmospheric science. May, um, maybe some things match on the surface, but they are largely dissimilar. Again, apologies for the rant. The rant and salt and salt... Particular of these materials have been addressed. God, I sounded a bit like Alan Rickman then. Particularly if these issues have been addressed in later episodes. I was simply too triggered. 394. On a more personal note, I would like to express my sincere thanks for the insane banter which has served as a bright spot. I think he means an inane banter. Oh, yes. Sorry, I just can't read. Um, I'd like to express my sincere thanks for the insane banter which has served me. I just deliberately did that again. I thought I'd try and get you there. Inane banter, which has served as a bright spot and distraction. Much like you're hearing right now. This is, yeah. this is both insane and inane. Inane. Um, my mum's passing two weeks ago. Oh, f- Oh, no. It's happened again. Oh, God. Why don't oh, we no. read all of the email before we read them out? I just wanted you both to know that this makes a world of difference to me and I'm sure for many others working through their own challenges. Wow. Keep on keeping on. Best of luck in the future. Fondest regards, Tristan. 23 and 33, 73. Tristan, I'm so sorry. Oh, Tristan, I'm so sorry. I feel... Oh, God. That... I I, I really enjoyed reading your email. Thank you so much for emailing in. Uh, you will be pleased to know, you probably listened to it by now, but Taha Khan, you noted YouTube magnate, um, came in and corrected us on, on economics. Uh, he did. Uh, so not quite to the level that you've been able to do so, because, uh, of course, you, you know, you're doing a PhD. Um, oh, Tristan, God. please, in future, too, if we ever make any other mistake... Just in general, not even to do with economics. Just, just we're, we're expecting uh, an email in our uh, in our correspondence folder um, for for correcting the 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 new heresy that we have been spouting. Um, thank you so much for email, and again, so sorry. That's, and for the um, memes, I'm I'm a fan of the memes. Oh yeah, and we've got some incredible memes. Uh, P.S. I just wondered if either of you were friends of DeSoto. If not, check out the Greatest Generation podcast. It's a great show, which I think could be right up your alley. P.P.S. See includes memes as a humble tribute. I've not heard of DeSoto, all the greatest generation, I don't think. No, I don't think I have either. Brilliant. There we go. We can add that to the recommended podcast list for the episode. Yes, God. This is the podcast that just recommends lots of podcasts. Now, Dan, I would, I I know that you have put this into um, fan fiction, but I would really like you to read the the final email of of the show from William Humphreys. Uh, Okay. Subject, some thanks and a leader style fan fiction. Okay, I'll have to. I'm going to fly through this because I have a, I have a seminar in twenty five minutes. <laughs> okay, so yeah. let's let's go. Right, <clears throat> read. Go, go ahead, Dan. Dear Messrs. Clark and Moore, sorry, Dan, but convention states either by alphabetical ordering or ordering by economic superiority, both of which place Simon's name first. I have recently become a reader of the Wikicast and felt I should finally write in uh, now that I have more or less caught up, having reached reached episode 46 in the course of about a week with only minimal impact by mental stability. Good Lord. As an Australian... Another Aussie. As an Australian physicist and choral singer, although I specialise in systems much smaller than Simon, uh, uh, they can be no less complicated, I find your conversations interesting. 
and frequent choral tangents refreshing. I felt that I could contribute a fan fiction corner with perhaps a more esoteric entry. I'm a huge fan of German music, in particular that of the Romantic era. As such, I've prepared a collection of poems based on the wonderful Lieder cycle. The um, the first few poems of which can be found attached. The source poems are set from a single perspective until the very end. I have chosen to set it from Dan's perspective. Do this. Do with this information as you choose. Oh, is that an idea of it's got to be in my voice? I see. I think so, yeah. I apologise for the uh, relative lack of progress in the first few poems, but I wanted to somewhat close... Uh, I wanted to stay somewhat close to the source material um, and that it does not move the plot until the fifth poem or so. Um, oh, I see. Right. So there's no plot yeah. motion until that. Okay. Also, An unofficial big, member of Team Cat. I'm a big fan of the way he's written his age, which is 24 plus... Well, it's an expre- it's an expansion. I can't even yeah. really re- read that out, but it's a, it's an expansion that's clearly tending towards something, and I can't be bothered to work out what it is. That's fantastic. You've been doing. Um, P.S. You've been doing better with this of late, but just in case, I'd like to specify that I use general neutral pronouns. Did we mess up on this email? I can't remember if, if, what we said. To be honest, I don't know. I read it so quickly, I wasn't even thinking. <laughs> Here we go. Right, settle in for some leader, ladies and gentlemen. Poem one: The Rambler. To ramble is a lit major's joy. To ramble. A man-cub is not much of a lit. If they have not thought of rambling yet. Ah, ramble. We learned of it while in a nook, the cosy nook. It's tucked up in the library deep, and there I dream of rambling. Oh, quiet nook. We also read it on a page. The pages. The words spring forth from on the page. And rambles all around my brain from pages. In all the words, as dark as they are, oh, writings, they join in with this merry stroll, and faster still they want to go, these writings. Oh, ramble, to ramble is my want. Oh, rambling, conductors and lecturers, give me leave to go in peace. Ah, rambling. Poem two. That was lovely. Where to? I heard a little rustling of pages from its source elsewhere in the rose, breaking up the the deeper quiet, so crisp and utterly polite. I do not know what compelled me or what advised me to act. I just had to get over, to go over it, carrying my book sack. Deeper, still further and further, always following the book, and the pages rustled ever brisker and became clearer still. What is this path, then? Oh, book, tell me, where to? You have completely captivated me with your gentle rustling still. What can I say about the rustle? That can't be a simpler sound. It must be the fairy singing deeper under the ground. Sing on, friend book, keep rustling, and lead me gladly along. There are pages always moving in every cloistered nook. Three. Halt. I see a small table lamp. Through the tight-packed shelves, the rustling and murmur seem to be drawing close. Ah, welcome. Ah, welcome, sweet quiet of this nook, and the chairs are so comfy, and the windows seem so kind, and the starlight, how cleanly. They shine down from the sky, O rustling of the books. Is this where you drew me nigh? The Beautiful Weatherman poems, one to three. I like that a lot. From William, very nice indeed. Lovingly, lovely delivery, by the way. Big fan. Mm, Oh, thanks. Thank you. That's why I knew you'd Um, do that better than me, so I thought I'd ask you to do it. (laughs) William, I think uh, if if, if you like, I mentioned him earlier, R.S. Thomas wrote a a brilliant poem called, um, hang on, let me... I'm going to try and see if I can find it. And if we do, I'm going to close close with a poem. Here we go. Yes. This is an extract of R.S. Thomas. It's called The White Tiger. This, uh, he was a, um, a poet and Anglican priest. Um, very, very interesting man. 
very interesting. He, he he's obsessed with this idea of Deus Absconditus, which is um, the hidden god, and this god, his god in question, his hidden god, um, he's finding through words, through language. Um, this is called the White Tiger. It was beautiful as God must be beautiful. Glacial eyes that had looked on violence and come to terms with it, a body too huge and majestic for the cage in which it had been put. Up and down in the shadow of its own bulk it went, lifting, as it turned the crumpled flower of its face to look into mine own face without seeing me. It was the colour of the moonlight on snow, and as quiet as moonlight, but breathing as you can imagine that God breathes within the confines of our definition of him, agonising over immensities that will not return. There we go, R.S. Thomas. Bloody. This is why you're man. the po- you're the poetry fan of the two of us. I just yeah, I, oh, uh, it's it's great. Um, he's he's really good, and he, a lot of his poems are very very short. Um, and they're just his his use of, of syntax and space, and it's it's very cool. Speaking of being short, we are short on time because Dan, yeah. we've got to get Dan to to, to the wedding. Uh, so I've got to get to the. Um, yeah. Do you, you want to ask me what we what we learned this week? Yeah, Simon, what have we learned this week? I'm glad you asked, Dan, because we learned about Beleza de la Guareña, which is a municipality in Spain, and we spent most of that section actually talking about demonyms, which is the mm-hmm. name used to refer to people from a particular place. Then we went on to talk about what I've been up to with the Yogscast, what have you been up to in Exeter? Uh, what else did we talk about? We had a we had a, the, the, the choral piece of the week, which is uh, Roxana Panufnik's Westminster Mass. We had a, a lengthy discussion about, uh, about the favourite... And, and various games we've been playing too. Kingdoms, Two Crowns, and, and the new Civ Six and Classic WoW. Mm-hmm. And God, it's just a kind of a, a classic snapshot of, 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 of Wikicast discussion. This was a good episode, I think. If I may say so myself, this was an, a, a, yeah. put a stamp on it. This was a good episode. And we've had some lovely uh, correspondence as well. We have, fantastic. we have indeed. Complete with, with, with stunning poetry, which I'm a massive fan of. I think people need to read poetry more. You can consume it at will. Anthology of poetries are perfect because you don't have to feel the pressure of trying to finish a chapter or get to the end of a plot point in a book. You can read a poem and then as soon as you want to stop and put it down, you can do. People um, should read poetry more. They should. Ah, very nice. Yes, very good. And that's all for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook. And if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Thoughts on The Favourite? More podcast recommendations, because why not? And other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And and we'll we'll see see you next time. time.